ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mercatus's podcast, Digital Grocer, episode 29, right here live at NRF 2020. I'm Sylvain Perrier, president and CEO of Mercatus Technologies, and joining me today is Mark Fairhurst, our senior director of marketing. Mark. Hello, everyone. And we have a bit of a special guest joining us. I don't think he's ever been on one of our podcasts. Our VP of Client Experience, Frank Ladadio. How is everyone doing today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got a voice for broadcast. He's got a voice for broadcast. New York has been good to us. NRF has been great for us. It's been an interesting show. I mean, I walked the pavilion at least twice. Mm-hmm. A lot of interesting stuff that we saw. I think the more interesting thing that we saw in New York is last night we took some clients out to watch the uh, Clemson LSU game. And how was that experience? It was a great experience. You know, I like a good cigar once in a while. Yeah. So we went up going to Soho Cigar mm-hmm. on, I can't remember the name of the street. It's like a really small street down in Soho, obviously. And we walked in and Ray Lewis was sitting in the corner <laughs> with his entourage. We were promptly told not to take any pictures. Yeah, I, I don't think he would like that. Well, no, I, Tim was holding his phone in an awkward way and somebody from the entourage thought oh, he really? was trying to take a picture. Wow. Yeah. And then we had a special Canadian walk-in. And who was that? Ty Domi. Really? Yeah, Ty all Domi. those hockey fans. Yeah, Ty Domi from the Leafs. And then we were meeting with John Deanna and uh, Trent Brookshire from Brookshire's, and we spent maybe 45 minutes to an hour together. They had a pretty long day, so they came back. And it was a long day uh, yeah, doing, yesterday. Doing the trade shows, it can be grueling. It can be grueling. You know, we made the choice last year when we renewed to come to NRF to come down to level one. Yeah. And I think level one is... No no regrets? Absolutely none, because level one is one of the special places on the trade show floor where you're actually going to see more innovation in any case. You know, at the top, you know, they're they're bigger corporations, they're more well-established. I think there's more, I hate to say this, I think there's more bureaucracy when you're dealing with those types of corporations. And I think it's a little bit more difficult to get to the bottom what you're really trying to achieve in your relationship with your customers. We had a good turnout. Yeah, I know. The booth traffic has been consistent. Yeah. We've had, I think, most of our clients come by the booth. Yeah, Um, let's face it. We got a great setup here, though. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It turned out very well. Kudos to the marketing team. Yeah. You guys did a great job, and we celebrated Emmy's birthday yesterday. Well, you guys did. Yes. The rest rest Emmy's on the marketing team. Yes, she's on the marketing team. She actually makes everything happen. She makes everything happen. That's right. Well, now you have it on the record, folks. (laughs) So there you go. But, you know, was there anything that stood out for you guys at the show? Like anything that you saw? For me, me personally, I think it was the traction and the exposure that we were um, able to get at the booth of our IO1 product. I thought that was quite astonishing. There was a lot of eyeballs, a lot of people coming to the booth. Yeah. Clients included. Really appreciative of, you know... What we've, what we've done and what we brought here to the show were really exciting. And we blitz a bunch of podcasts. I think five in total so far. Yeah. We've got one more scheduled for today. We do. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. The one thing that I really appreciated in, in being here at NRF and kind of, you know, Digital Grocer deciding to bring its equipment to do a recording and so on was the fact that we actually got to interview Ed Wong. Yes. From yes. Spartan Final. Such an enlightening individual to chat with. We also had a chance to interview Ron Bonacci from Weiss Markets. Ron said something that was fairly pivotal in my estimation. It's this notion of hyperconnectivity with the consumer and this integration of health and wellness. 
that I thought it really resonated with me. And I think it probably will resonate with our audience as well. And it's not just a notion of using AI for the sake of AI, but it's the ability to do good with AI, which is fairly critical. And anybody who has any medical or health issue, Mm -hmm. knowing what you're putting in your body is critical. Right. And technology that is enabling grocers to be able to better serve their shoppers, their customers with that information. Yeah. And just for us to be a part of it. And that's exciting. You just saying that triggered something for me. Grocery retailers are the first line of defense and the first line of offense. Yeah. Uh, in terms of your health. That's fairly critical yeah. in this yeah. day and age. And we're not getting any younger. No. Right. And we're dealing with aging population. You know, retirement age is going to go up. I think yeah. that's fairly inevitable. And consumers are, are buying more online. Yeah. They want to have the information, but they also want the tools to be able to do the thinking for them. Right. So yeah. that they don't have to be. It's not a laborious process. Right. Let me let me ask you guys a question. At one point, do you go up to an entrepreneur or a business owner who's trying to do something in this space and say, I don't think you're truly solving a problem. And maybe that's the wrong thing to say. The only reason I bring that up, I went to the innovation pavilion. Yep. And I yep. think ideation and innovation are important because you have to iterate eventually to get to something. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of stuff that's not... I'm not sure if it's just, hey, this is cool tech. Let's build it. I think it's interesting. Let's spend some money. There's some fairly large corporations that had mm-hmm. are part of that innovation yep. group up there, which I was a bit surprised. I saw some stuff that's really fundamentally can't be operationalized. It's not going to help the consumer. It's not going to help the retailer make money. Yeah. So when is that conversation going to happen? I mean, one of your often quoted sayings is, you know, it's a solution looking for a problem. Right. And... I think there's a lot of private equity and venture capital money pouring into some of these companies. That's true. In the hope that, yeah. in many ways, it's like gambling. Yeah. That you hope you invest in, all of a sudden, it's, you may land a client and go from there and start increasing your ARR. It's, but you're right. It's, I feel bad for the retailer sometimes because yeah. walking up and down these aisles. Yeah. They want to be able to serve their consumers. Right. But at the same time, Who's helping guide them through this morass of technology companies? We're all promising to solve their problem, yeah, but not telling them how or why. Well, no one. Yeah. I think that's the challenge. Frank and I deal with this in some instances when we're visiting prospects. Yeah, we love all of our prospects, but I think the world needs to understand that a grocery retailer is dealing with, in some cases, three percent margin. Right. If not lower. Let me rationalize that for someone that's not in the grocery retail space. That's three cents on the dollar. Do you know how many groceries you have to sell to actually make a decent return on everything that you're doing as a grocery retailer? So when a piece of technology lands on their lap, it needs to be really thought out. It actually needs to be extremely concrete. And you need to be able to explain the value proposition clearly to a retailer on how it's going to help them convince a consumer to add an extra item to the basket, lower their costs, and quite frankly, help them increase margin or ultimately revenue. And I think that's lacking. Those aspects are lacking. You know, the one thing I didn't like about this show, what was that? It's a little less down here, but the moment you hit the first floor, 
First of all, it's a sea of everyone. felt like I was in a funeral, first of all, because everyone's wearing a black suit of some <laughs> sort. So it's very cool. I'm so anti-corporate, but it's super corporate upstairs. And at the same time, everyone goes into sales pitch mode. Yeah. Yep. Right. Immediately sales pitch mode. Yeah, here's a business card. How do I get a hold of you? Can I book a meeting with you? Where's the dialogue, you know, that we try to teach in, on this podcast? Are we, again, trying to understand what the retailer needs? Yep. Yeah, and what's keeping them up at night other than being inundated with the sales pitch from large corporations? Yeah. Now, we have some interesting stuff that's going to be happening at Mercatus, I think, in the next little while. We're probably going to have a major announcement yes. sometime, most likely end of, you know, beginning of Q2, mid Q2, I hope. In spring. spring in time. spring, yeah, yeah, springtime. That has to be fairly well planned yep. uh, in any case. We're going to be traveling out towards the end of next week, third week of January. Yep. Going to FMI midwinter. Yep. Always fun. Yeah. Yep. Which should be great out in Phoenix, Arizona. Yep. Lots of activity that's going to be happening over there. At some point, we have all have to come back to the office. Yeah. There's tons of stuff to do. After that, Kiedis will be attending NGA. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin, Kid, our director of product, will be going to Shop Talk. Yeah. I think we may be doing a European show. That would be exciting. And what's the name of that show? Do you remember? World Retail Congress. Yeah. At the end of April. And it's in Amsterdam this in year. In Amsterdam. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Which should be interesting. Yeah. So we're looking for, uh, potentially forward to doing that event. And then what's the other show we're actually, you and I were talking about this with the folks over at Path to Purchase. Yeah, Path to Purchase. Yeah, so the fine folks at Ensemble IQ, they actually sought us out and have asked us to be one of their lead sponsors uh, yeah. in helping put the program together. The event's called I3. I don't think it's been published online yet, but no. shortly. Yeah, it was serendipitous that we met the n- new CEO. Oh, at the Canadian Thought Leadership Conference. Yeah, which was great. It was in Toronto back in 2019 on yeah. November 19th. Yeah. You know, we connected with some great retailers. We're going to be uh, hopefully announcing a new Canadian retailer that's going to become part of the Mercatus family. Very soon. Very right? soon. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, so excited about that. And so we met up with her and she told us about the event. That's, that's right. In, I think that's in May. That's Yeah, it's I think May, middle of May. Yeah. yeah. And then it's summertime and then we're going to be going into Las Vegas Back to grocery shop. Grocery shop. And grocery shop's going to be, I think, kind of interesting in terms of as, as an event for us in any case. I think we're thinking the format's going to be a little bit different this year for us. I think we're debating we're debating still if it's going to be a bit of a booth or something, something entirely different. Yeah, we want to encourage the participation of our ecosystem partners. Yeah. And the ideas that we've shared with them, they all love it. They're happy to showcase their value proposition in conjunction with Mercatus. Yeah. We look forward to putting that together. Yeah. We did something different at Grocery Shop. Not Grocery Shop, NRF. I got already thinking of Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) That is not right, folks. We did something a little bit different at NRF this year. Mm -hmm. We uh, decided to bring in a partner in our booth. That's right. And Spoon Guru out of the UK, out of London. Great guys. Great guys. You know, the supermarket guru, Phil Lampert works directly with them which is really exciting the dynamics between both of our organization because they're part of the part of the commonwealth right (laughs) i'll let you guys google what that means (laughs) but the dynamics between both of our organizations mean there's a bit of a symbiotic relationship in the sense that their values are similar to ours correct right right and you know and i find that interesting and they 
because they have a, a European presence, they're actually attracting mm-hmm. some European retailers. Right. Even the fact they work with Tesco, yep. it brings a level of credibility to them yep. that's amazing. Yep. And it attracts some extremely large retailers to our booth. Yeah. So it's a bit different. Yeah, talking about your comments earlier about companies that are you know, looking for a problem yep. to solve. And these they come at it from the most memorable or... Yeah of intentions which is uh, yeah. solving health problems yeah 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 so it's pretty the way that company was created it was basically i believe marcus's wife yeah who has celiac disease and you know it's bad enough having that disease but when you're trying to change your nutrition plan yeah and the idea was conceived in a conversation over his fence with his neighbor yeah in terms of how to build out this business. And you can tell he's super passionate about the business. It's a labor of love. You know, the one thing that we learned in our conversations here, and it has to be restated for our listeners of Digital Grocer, if you're a retailer and you're going to embark on the journey of an an e-commerce venture, whether you're doing it today and it's achieved a certain scale that you didn't know that it would, or you've decided years ago to co-op what you're trying to do into the hands of a third party and you have zero control which is very much correlated to our our campaign call back in charge right right when you take back ownership of the customer ownership of your data ownership of your journey right and so if you're about to make that big pivot to go back and to revisit what you're doing and to take control and ed and ron you know what what they share with us was to quote ed First and foremost, you have to have a strategic plan. Right. You don't have to have everything buttoned down. Right. But at least know where you want to go. Yeah. We try to encourage, stay away from the tactical process, right? These leaders, you know, the ones that we come across, I have to tell you, um, what I find they don't Mm. have is that fragmented thinking. Right. I find that a lot of people have fragmented thinking. They're thinking about one specific entity and they can't really comprehend how the other pieces come into the larger picture. You know, you talked about what we've observed here at the show. I think that, you know, as I walked around, you see things that are very fragmented and in silo. Yeah. And then you come by a booth such as ours, and I think it gains a lot of attention because it really is this holistic image of all the facets, path to purchase, and beyond. And that's when you're sitting down with an Ed Wong, and you're sitting down with a Ron Bonacci, and you start to really see that expanded thinking process. Those are guys that are able to connect the lines. There are very few of those types of individuals, right? And that's when you're building out your strategy plan don't get marred in tactical elements of, well, it needs to look this way. It needs to be this color. It needs to be this. Right. And I think to quote Frank, at some point, Frank, you talk about this, is time to value post your strategic plan, mm-hmm. right? Right. And it's to get those pieces. How do you get something in market fairly quick and not try to have it perfect out of the gate? Right. But I'm not saying you should disappoint your customers or it should hamper your operational process. So once you have your strategic plan, I think that kind of the next phase is you really need to make sure that you bring the right ecosystem players into the room to be able to execute on your vision. And if you look at our work at Smart and Final, the implementation that we launched in mid to late summer mm-hmm. in a record time, you know, you had Mercatus, you had GK out of Germany yep. with their team out of Raleigh. Yep. You had the folks at Inmar. Mm-hmm. You had Infosys, mm-hmm. you had TCS, 
And then you had a bunch of ancillary organizations that were involved from a more minor tech perspective, but still critical. I mean, you had the folks over at Trevarian uh, to a certain extent. You had Avalara for the tax elements. And then the shipping partners. T-Force shipped. Yeah, there was a lot of moving parts. I think you kind of talk about the strategic plan, also the emphasis when you're dealing with that many partners on the plan around how you're going to communicate. Right. Right. It's quite difficult in order to really get all of these different facets of the solution to come together right. and, and really understand what that main mission of accomplishment looks yeah. like. Yeah. And then making sure that when you talk to time to value, time to value is not just about delivering fast, it's mm-hmm. about delivering the right thing fast. Right. So you have to understand in your strategic plan what is that ROI we're looking to achieve and how do we, mm-hmm. you know, decouple that into a more agile mm-hmm methodology yeah, for deployment. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The other piece of advice and you know Ed was talking about this is not be afraid to go get those external unbiased opinions. You know, like Forrester, you know, to review your user interface and, yep. and leveraging those guys. I think that's fairly critical. Again I encourage people to go back and listen, the, to, the and listen to those episodes. So we're gonna wrap it up folks. It was great being here in NRF I'm sure we'll be here in twenty twenty one back in New York City. Their next episode uh, that we're going to be airing, which was recorded at Mouth Media Studio here in, in New York City while we're at uh, attending NRF, mm-hmm. it's a pretty impactful episode in the sense that it's our first time actually interviewing an analyst, a marketplace expert. Yep. And it was a great conversation yeah. and jam-packed with a lot of insights. And yeah. He's the kind of guy that tells it like it is. And doesn't kowtow to his clients. And that's Mr. Rick Watson. Watson, yeah. Rick's this prolific guy on LinkedIn. I would suggest that you guys, before you listen to the episode, go connect with him on LinkedIn. Yeah. It'll be interesting because we get into some conversations around Walmart, around Amazon and FedEx. Yep. And I would encourage you guys, uh, when you listen to the episode, just to see what's going to materialize <laughs> between now and then. Maybe some prognostication. I think so. Yeah. I think we're becoming a little bit good at that. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Been, uh, been amazing guys podcasting thank here thank you so much Frank appreciate you joining thank, us thank you very much you yeah. guys are wonderful to talk to because <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk we don't talk enough, enough do yeah we? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and Mark how do people get a hold of us go to our website www.mercatus.com yeah access our social channels and we'd love to hear from everyone yeah and if you guys have any questions I think don't hesitate Either submit a comment through LinkedIn or through any of our channels, quite frankly. Or if you think there's a subject you'd like for us to do a deep dive on, don't hesitate in asking. We'd love love to tackle it. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in and look forward to um, having you guys download our next episode. Peace. (laughs) 